to a new episode of A Woman in AI. My name is Kim Dressendorf and I'm a technical specialist for AI at IBM. For today, I have someone special with me. She's a business psychologist and AI consulting for IBM and works especially on the human-machine interaction. She will explain us a little bit more of what she's doing and about her new projects. Thank you so much for being here today and I can't wait to hear more about you. Why don't we start right away and you just tell us a little bit like who you are and what you do. Sure. Thank you, Kim, for inviting me. So my name is Sophie. I'm 25 years old and I joined IBM seven years ago, right after school. Uh, as I heard that IBM is a big um, international company there where uh, a lot of people from different countries get to work together. And I was like, that sounds interesting uh, in terms of intercultural communication. Might I just join this company, even though I didn't have a clue about uh, what IBM uh, is actually doing. And then I learned uh, all about the tech industry and, uh, uh, and the fields that IBM is active in. And so I, um, I actually discovered my passion for analytics and data. And by doing so, I got even deeper into the field of artificial intelligence. And I chose to study um, my master's in business psychology, where I have the chance uh, or, or where I had the chance to um, learn more about optimized man-machine interactions and how uh, interactions with artificial intelligence uh, can really be accepted by humans. And uh, that's what I'm doing today. I'm an AI consultant uh, um, active in several projects in IBM. And uh, I love what I'm doing. That's lovely. I mean, like how many years? Seven years already? Seven years. That's impressive. <laughs> that's absolutely fascinating. I mean, like you, you chose it and you, you're still happy with it, right? Yes, I am. I mean, I started off... Um, with the corporate dual study program where I had the chance to go to different um, departments within IBM. And, um, but you know, data and AI is just the place to be. That's why I stayed in this area. <laughs> I love it, yes. Um, did you always like imagine yourself ending up there? I mean, like you mentioned you had different study plans and then, but did you ever imagine yourself ever going into this direction? Not really. I mean, I was um, back in school, I was interested in several fields. Um, of course, I like maths and physics and science because my uh, parents were maths and uh, physics teachers at that time. But um, I also enjoyed music, um, acting, uh, the cultural stuff. And so it was really hard for me to decide which way to go. But I somehow knew that um, I like being on stage as well, which I think uh, is a good fit in a consulting uh, role as well, as well, as well. Because if you want to advocate for certain technologies and just tell others uh, about um, yeah, about your passion, about uh, what's currently trending, and this is very helpful too. Yeah. I mean, same for me. I'm like absolutely in love with showing what the technology is also able to do. And I'm like loving to kind of present too. <laughs> um, what is like the most fun about AI for you? Ooh, good question. Um, I would say it's the 
the broadness of possibilities, which uh, makes it a really fun um, field to work in. So for instance, um, you can experiment with speech technologies and just uh, dig deeper into these fields, how speech is being generated, but on the other hand side, how speech is being um, perceived and is being, um, for instance, transcripted by, um, by AI services. Um, on the other hand side, if you want to go into the visual recognition fields, then this is another big area again. And so it's, it's just it's just huge and uh i like the i simply like variety so yeah. it's good fun i love that that you say that, that there's so much variety because sometimes i have the feeling when we talk about ai people just think it's like one thing but they don't understand like how deep the layers actually go and how creative you can be in all these different sections right <laughs> Um, when you talk about like your projects, is there one project that you can say like is the most for you like the most remarkable one? Yeah, I had the really really big chance to work on um, a very innovative project uh, together with the German Aerospace Agency and Airbus, where we built Simon the first AI ever sent to space. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? <laughs> that is so cool. What is the, the task of Simon? So Simon stands for Crew Interactive Mobile Companion. And the, the whole yeah, idea of having a companion up on the International Space Station was that the astronauts usually are under a high stress level each day because they do all their scientific experiments, they have to maintain the space station, they have to, you know, do their um, physical um, sports training each day. So it's a packed agenda. Um, and to reduce this stress level a little bit, uh, the idea came up to have a little companion. I have a little stress ball oh, of Simon over baby here. Baby Simon. <laughs> that would be just, um, floating next to you and would take up tasks um, that that are, you know, administrative or um, that can be done by the robot and the astronaut can focus on, you know, what's what's very important. And so the astronaut could just ask um, about what equipment he needs for his experiment or um, what would be the next steps. So that way the astronaut doesn't have to fly back and forth to his laptop you know checking a pdf document what did i have to do next but he's just asking in a natural way like he, yeah. he had an assistant basically yeah what was your main task in this project so i was mainly working on the dialogue uh, design and implementation but also on simon's personality because if you're talking to a robot um, of course, you want to have um, um, the correct answers. <laughs> so you, you want to have the correct step, which is the functional requirement. But the, interac the, the interaction should also be fun and sure, um, just um, feel natural and intuitive. And, you know, when I joined the project, I was asking Simon whether he could tell me a joke. <laughs> and he answered, no. You don't like my jokes anyway. And I was like, <laughs> sassy. <laughs> That's um, interesting. 
but you know, we haven't met before. Why do you say something like that? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had to make sure that everything, what Simon says and how he says that um, fit to the situation, fit to the mood uh, that's currently, um, you know, his mood or the astronaut's yeah. mood yeah. Uh, together. And so um, all of this had to be uh, put into a, co uh, a concept and had to be implemented then. So I was also working on our text-to-speech um, generation where um, we experimented a little bit with different expressions. So mm -hmm. if I asked Simon, you know, what's your, um, what's your purpose? He would answer in a very motivated way. I'm here to help you uh, and I'm here to learn. Um, but if you tell him, Simon, uh, you did a bad job here. Um, that wasn't the right document you showed up. He would even express his sadness uh, with, with his voice. Yeah, you could really hear I'm so sorry. Um, I hope next time I can do better. <laughs> so all of this just makes up, uh, hopefully, good pick uh, a whole consistent picture. Yeah, I mean, uh, probably also really challenging because we're talking about a rob like a robot at the end. It needs to uh, like talk to most to the most skilled people probably on this planet. Right? You're talking about astronauts <laughs> and like. How did how did you like make this like a match? Because I can imagine like they are not used to having a, like a robot talking to them, right? Yeah. So um, I think this is also a question of personality of the astronauts because we have worked with different um, different astronauts so far that interacted on the space station. Um, and what we did for both is that we had a little um, first encounter on Earth. So the astronaut and the robot get to know each other. And <laughs> yeah, it's good because the team, you know, um, the six astronauts that spend about six months together up on the, up on the ISS, they get to know each other far longer. So for about two years, they're together every day and do their training and so on. And so um, for us, it was important as well to, you know, let them get to know each other on Earth as well. And um, we were also trying to um, collect as much as as much information as we could get from these uh, from our end users, which are the astronauts. But that was very challenging because <laughs> astronauts don't only have a packed agenda when they're up in space, but if they're on Earth, it's the same. So you don't really get to grab them, you know, yeah. and just yeah, just tell me what would be the 10 most uh, interesting questions you would like to ask and do this just naturally. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, we had only a few hours um, beforehand to show them the experiment, you know, and to explain to them and do the encounter thing but actually the data collection was very challenging and i think that's something that's usually easier um, if you do normal um, chatbot projects that you put on websites uh, it's not an faq anymore <laughs> yeah yeah and um you cannot just you know develop a prototype and um collect several hours uh, or days of 
you know, um, of, of interactions because you only have that limited of time. Mm. And so a lot of, um, a lot of interviews had been done with people from the space, um, space field, uh, from the European space agency, for instance, where we learned a lot about specific vocabulary, the astronauts use, mm -hmm. um, so one thing uh, they usually use in their natural uh, conversations, conversations is abbreviations like Wilco. And we were like, Wilco, what does that mean? That's <laughs> short for will comply. Oh. And of course, if you understand that, then uh, Simon can just go on with the next procedure step, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, or an astronaut likes to say, copy that if he understood the um the tasks and just starting to um uh, to fulfill that tasks so if an astronaut say copy that simon shouldn't just you know fly over to the printer and copy something of course yeah. uh, so it's again context knowledge that we yeah. had to train simon that yeah. he would understand and have yeah, that he would have a chance to jump into the conversation and be a part of it that's fascinating. I mean, like, then we come down to like a knowledge data lake you, you gotta create to, to make sure Simon basically works. Do you, like, do you have a number by hand how many hours you spend on training such specific vocabulary? That's a good question. Um, I don't really have an hour, uh, 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 you know, a number of yeah. hours here. Um, but, uh, I would say usually it's um, it. So in AI projects, we would have more data uh, and we can just simply go ahead and train. In this project, it was uh, a lot longer time uh, that we spent on research uh, for getting data that would be comparable to um, to real data because the real data just wasn't available. So yeah. far, there was there there hasn't been um, an astronaut assistant on the space station, so it was first of a kind. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, like you literally built something that is now. I mean, it's literally now on the ISS in space, flying around our globe. Um, how did that make you feel, knowing that you built something that is up in space now? I'm built, um, honored, proud. I would say all of these because um, it's it's such an honor to um, to work on projects like these, um, and I think they're somehow once in a lifetime projects as well um, because uh, yeah to work on such innovative um, things that go to space <laughs> uh, it's uh, crazy yeah it's just like I mean. Everything we heard from Simon now, it's just like absolutely stunning. And being part of a team that literally put the first AI companion on the ISS is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. Did you get some, oh. some, oh, sorry, yeah? Yeah, I wanted to, to add here that we are actually uh, now thinking about applications that uh, Simon or an assistant like Simon could, um, could have on Earth. So, for instance, in the field of medicine, we could imagine having uh, an assistant, an assistant for doctors, uh, when they are, you know, 
uh, in the hospital when they are um, when they have quite stressful days and they just need someone to document things or to um, yeah to write um, an, uh, a letter yeah and that's something Simon could do too that's absolutely true I mean there's so many fields probably we can just use an assistant like that and as like companion at the end and i think it comes down to a lot of times to like the the overall human and machine interaction that we're kind of right now at the point where it becomes a bigger thing kind of and um i mean from your psychological side like what do you think is really important to make humans at the end just like interact more and more with machines so mm. For me, I think we all uh, already interact with so many technological devices every day um, that we don't even recognize as machines or robots as such. Uh, so for instance, I, I have um, that kind of vacuum cleaner that uh, is um, running around the house and uh, doing the, the cleaning things. And I don't really see it as a robot that I would interact with. Um, but if we just think about um, that robot um, have getting a voice or maybe, maybe even um, a little face, then immediately it comes into my mind as uh, a personalized, uh, personalized thing. So just imagine, right? You go into the kitchen, it says like, you have an appointment in two minutes, you better go back to your office. Yeah, and that's actually a field of study that um, some researchers dig deeper into because they say, why doesn't the vacuum cleaner just ask me um, to go out of their way if I'm an obstacle? Um, because right now it wouldn't say something, it would just hit me and then find out I cannot go this way, so I have to calculate another way how to get around that thing but if it would recognize me as a person maybe the interaction would be somehow different mm -hmm. <laughs> we say hey sophie can you please step aside so yeah. i don't have to calculate all that way and just go straight <laughs> that would be so nice let me do my job please <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely true i mean like i i think like when we talk about an actual robotic or like a like machine in that kind of way we gotta have it work and interact with the human completely different than what we see, for example, with a written down chatbot when we look for something. And um, I mean, Simon is in that kind of way, absolutely stunning because it has something or it created something that it has a communication with literally like high technical people. And I think if you can bring it down to earth, it would be absolutely a game changing um, opportunity for so many people, because I could also see it in like all the elderly care objects that just like, especially like I can tell from my grandma, she cannot move her left arm anymore. So it would be so helpful for just like getting an advice or like something that just like helps her pick up stuff, for example, like the easiest thing is could be so hard for elderly people or for example, news, because they don't understand how the, how the whole new television kind of works that nobody's really looking um, the normal TV anymore. It's all about streaming devices and all that stuff. And I think there could be such an, an impact on kind of like also that generation to just use it and get used to it. Yeah. And also if we think about elder, elderly care and elderly people 
using devices also like Alexa, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, my grandpa's actually thinking about um, getting an Alexa himself because, you know, he noticed that when I'm interacting uh, with a device that this is actually interesting and that's um, something he could imagine himself doing uh, as well uh, because it's so easy. You just ask. You don't have to touch any um, complicated devices that, you know, uh, switch off the light after two seconds. So, <laughs> and I think what's very important so here as well is, again, the personality part because studies have shown that people um, get, uh, get onto a distance if they don't feel consistency um, of a robot or if it's, you know, a personalized thing because they feel there must be something wrong if on the one hand side uh, we build up a common a shared history together but on the next day you ask me again hello who are you nice to meet you you feel yeah. that you know it's still distance and if you if you want to build that long-lasting relationship then i think that the personality part um, is very um necessary it's integral absolutely i mean like you told us about the the how the astronaut needs at the end accept it right and um if you if you think about like your the future overall like what do you kind of wish for to create an even better personalities for for robotics <sighs> for me uh i think the robots um and machines in general uh, have a long, still long way to go um, in order to re be really intuitive uh, mm -hmm. for us to work with. And so um, there's, there's the possibility that we will, um, that we will match the interactions much more on an individual level to each um, person with each preferences that this person holds um, and again also um, based on the situation uh, the, the situation and the situative um, mood you're in um, the interactions will be much more um, um, much more natural. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what that is, that's the most important, right? That what's kind of holding us back, like the this like still monotonic kind of way how we talk, which is like completely different. For example, what what kind of we conversation we having right now? This like back and forth and kind of like kind of like interview or discussion we kind of having. Um, yeah. It is like if you look back, right? If you like, what is the kind of feedback you got from the Simon projects from the astronaut about that interaction? Um, so the astronauts were pretty excited <laughs> um, having interacted with Simon, um, even even though they um, they were also excited about the whole experience, right? Uh, uh, the the robot that is flying next to them and that would just um, go in each direction that they were telling it to. So it was also that the teamwork uh, that made that possible, of course, because um, you know the fans in that robot that would make him fly just 
anywhere within the Columbus module was very impressive. But then also the um, the interactions worked uh, worked quite well. Um, but I would say we're not at the stage where they had um, a very open conversation because the astronauts still had Simon on their agenda. So, it, you know, they knew now is the time to interact with Simon. I would think that we would get even more acceptance and even more um, informal um, feedback if Simon would just, you know, being uh, taken out for dinner, for instance, to have a dinner partner, because every night um, the astronauts would, you know, mingle together um, to, um, yeah, share what has happened throughout their day and to have just some social company, uh, because that's the only time of the day that they actually, you know, act interact socially. The rest yeah. of the day is only experiments and uh, video calls and phone calls uh, down to earth. And uh, so they really enjoy these times. And if you take just, you know, the robot with you in this dinner party, then um, I think that, that would be even more uh, informative in terms of how does the interaction go uh, if you're in an informal um, situation. Just Simon cracking up jokes while drinking wine. <laughs> I just can't imagine <laughs> that. I want to experience that too. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. Um, if you think about just like next steps and future for yourself, where do you want, where do you self see your next career steps? Well, um, so I'm actually planning to go uh, on the journey of the technical career path uh, within yeah. IBM, which is pretty um, exciting and which holds, I think, mostly interesting um, projects that one can work on. And of course, where you have even um, more responsibility, maybe even in an architecture way, um, so it's not only you know working on the one component uh, of the system, but to overlook the whole architecture system um, for our client projects. And um, I would just be happy if um, I can find projects that uh, really have a purpose yeah. and like that, that I can identify with, and um, where I have a good team that you know, supports each, each other and that inspire each other as well, because I think that's very important. Um, um, if, if you find some people that you say they are so inspiring, I want to work with them, then just work with them. Yeah. And that's what I hope for my future, that I always have this inspiring um, environment around me that um, creates no, new ideas, that stimulates, um, innovation and so that's what i'm hoping for i love that i think you found a great place with ibm where we can experience that um talking about inspiration because i think it's such an important aspect of how we work and how we kind of get motivated right um was there like people or like teams especially in the simon project which like made you even step out of maybe your comfort zone Um, yes, <laughs> <But> definitely. <laughs> so, um, 
when our project lead uh, or project manager first came to me and said, Sophie, um, you're actually free to um, work on the dialogue design uh, and you're, you're the one that will be presenting this to the client later. Um, that was, I mean, that was in the beginning very um, heart rate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm responsible for this now. Um, Especially but, Simon's uh, personality. <laughs> but then um, I really had the feeling that I can bring in these ideas, for instance, with the personality. Uh, first, the team was like, you know, Simon has to fly. That's first priority. <laughs> Second priority, we can we can start talking about uh, the, the dialogue thing. But first... He has to fly and he has to speak and if that doesn't work um the other work would be useless too which i understand but from the beginning i had the feeling we have to do something here because otherwise we will um the astronaut will identify different personalities from our developers that wrote the dialogues or <laughs> you know that have worked on the text-to-speech generation for instance uh, the synthesis of the voice and so I thought in order to align us all as a team and to align the um, consistency of that whole um, of the whole bot um, I knew I had I if I don't do it nobody will do it so <laughs> and you uh, smashed it absolutely I know you published something already talking especially about the human machine interaction. Um, is there anything else you kind of like would recommend people to read about it? Yeah, so um, as you said, my own research was about um, personality based interactions with chatbots, where um, I found some interesting findings. So if you want to check that out, feel free. Um, other than that, um, uh, there's the whole field of human factors, uh, which I think is the new trending name for human-machine interactions. So um, I would definitely recommend checking that out um, if you go on some journal articles, for instance, from the social psychology, uh, the social psychology uh, journal. Um, yeah, there, there are some interesting reads over there. Nice. Thank you so much. I have one final question for you. And that is, what is your current favorite app on your phone? Ooh. That's, that's an app called Drops. Drops? Okay. Drops. I don't know if you've heard of that, uh, but it's a vocabulary app um, to learn languages. And at the moment I'm learning Hebrew. <laughs> Love that which I think uh, is quite, um, yeah, exciting. Um, I have the feeling that it stimulates my brain in a completely different way because Hebrew, um, you know, is written from right to left and the letters are uh, completely different and they're only consonants. If you want to have vocals, you have to make dots. And so Drops is the app that, uh, um, yeah, reminds me to spend five minutes a day um, yeah training vocabulary and asking me some of these um, that's yeah. amazing we're going to put that in the show notes as well i'm really really like impressive because that is a hard language and it is completely different to whatever we learned before so best of luck 
Thank you so much again and to your absolutely amazing story about Simon and what you already achieved for 25. I can't wait to hear more about you. We're going to put everything in the show notes. Just one more question. What is the best way someone can reach out to you if they have more questions? So, yeah, um, the best way would, way would probably be just LinkedIn uh, where I'm available. Um, other than that, there's Twitter um, where I'm active as well. So yeah. what is your Twitter handle? Oh, it's Sophie Re Me for Richter Mendel. If you want to find me. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much again. I wish you a fantastic day and hopefully we talk soon again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye bye. Mm -hmm.